Kendrick Lamar state? What it, what happened with uh, Kendrick Lamar? Uh, I mean, I get most of my information. I base most of my information off of what Cynthia says because that's my ESPN insider and um, music insider. She's just like you know the insider to the insiders. Adam, she pointed out that on um, Damn, a lot of his songs are titled after um, The Seven Deadly Sins and The Virtues. Oh, wow. Apple, Pride. Yeah, wow. Humility. Wow. That's not a reading I've done of it yet. We're... What'd she say? She's, she's saying the, the names of the songs. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite? Have her, give, give, she's gonna have her own podcast. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's trying. I she love that. Be, she, she should run the podcast herself. She should just be the interviewer. She should ask the questions. She should give the opinions. I should try. I tried to get her on the podcast. I tried to, but she seemed not. She's like, nah, it's better if you and Chris just do it. That was funny, though. But so oh, I did my own reading of the Kendrick album in which I, I was like, this is his darkest album of all time. There's like no hope in this album. If you listen to it like closely and it's all it's a very Eminem album where it's like self-conscious, like it's all it's all self-reflexive, like it's all about Kendrick. Like there's a couple of stories outside of Kendrick, like the story with his father at the end and then spoiler alert, <laughs> that's a spoil. And then there's a sto- that story where the guy comes to him and says, what should I do? do um, my son got killed for not having enough money most of the album is dedicated to him talking about his own thoughts and what he feels about himself and it's very and it's by far the darkest kendrick has ever spoken and i think it's also uh, a reflection of what what he sees growing up and stuff like his upbringing what he was around and stuff like that you know what i'm saying because he's very and all his albums he talked like he uses himself as an example, but he's he's talking in a wide aspect where anybody could sit down, and listen to some one of his records, and be like, "That's relatable." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a reflection of him, but it's also a reflection of society because that's what he likes to do a lot. He likes to reflect on himself and what's going on in society. But don't you feel like this is the album the most where he's? Ref- He's talking about society, but he's mostly talking about himself. And although he has hope for society, he has very little, if any, hope for himself. I don't I think know. it's the opposite, actually. Yeah? I think it's that he feels more of, like, empowered by the fact that society is so messed up nowadays. That he has to come in and combat all this, all, all, all this stuff that's going on. And maybe that's why the album is so dark, because if you have to take on such a heavy load, exactly. then, and you feel like you have to take it on alone, because this is a very lonely feeling album. Does it feel like there's lust in there? There's one track on love, but like, it feels like it's just Kendrick by himself. Feels very much like that. What is it, like three features and one of them is Bono? Yeah, you too. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was Bono. Rihanna, Rihanna, and someone named Zakari, who I'm not, who I'm yeah. not familiar with. I think those are the three features. If I'm not remembering yeah. any, I'm sorry. Even though I covered this album already, Teddy and I—I I don't think you've ever met Teddy—covered yeah. it on on Dopecast, which I'm going to release probably this either the end of this week or the early next week. But we're actually going to cover it again because we felt like we hadn't done enough <laughs> yeah definitely with a with a kendrick album any album there's so many intricacies behind that the album that i mean just behind a, a song in general you could have like two podcasts on one song yeah you you could it's just like the art of peer pressure is a great example because you could that's an endless discussion right there on that one song well you want to give it to what now i'm interested in where before before we start the real podcast, I'm interested in this podcast. We've come here now. What is your reading on the art of peer pressure before we begin the podcast we're on, which I haven't named yet? I'm thankful. Yeah? Are you here just so you won't get fired? Welcome to Fre- Hashtag Fresh Nonsense Sports. I am Dimitri. Yeah. And that is Chris. And uh, it's been a while. It's been two or three weeks. I, I, I don't even remember. But today, actually, I became familiar with the statistics on SoundCloud. 
And uh, thank you. There are people listening. So thank you to all those who are listening. Shout, shout out my boys at the liquor store because they're constantly talking about the podcast, actually. Yeah. The listeners. Yeah, man. It seems to be that we have essential listening in Brooklyn. I don't know if there's any current. <laughs> that must be where that's coming from. Uh, well, what do they say about it? What, is it? What, what do the good people say? I can't hear you, bro. They enjoy it. They enjoy it. All right, all right. Put put the mic someplace because today Chris and I are on speed mode because we 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 got to get a lot done. We have a whole playoffs to discuss. But first, Chris, you wanted to discuss um, what you feel is a very important signing in the NFL, and that is. Uh, I'm just excited on the upcoming season because the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Marshawn Lynch is back, and he's playing for his hometown, Oakland Raiders. Yes, Lord. Can you now? What you sent me on text was that uh, on Instagram post from him? First, I got the notification at work from from Bleacher Report, and um, I was busy all day. So the next one was actually another one from Bleacher Report that made it official. Yeah, and um, then I saw the notification that he wrote on Twitter because obviously I follow Beast Mode on Twitter, so. I saw the actual post and I retweeted it because it's an exciting time. And so can you just, for our listeners, read that post if you got it in front of you. Do you have it in front of you? I can get it right now, actually. All right, hold on. I think I can get it. I'd rather you say it, though. I got it right now. All right, go. Yes, Lord. Twelfth man, I'm thankful, but shit got real. I had hella fun in Seattle, but I'm really from Oakland, though. Like, really, really from Oakland, though. Town business, breath on me. Like if that, if you found that on the street on like a piece of paper, you would be like Marshawn Lynch wrote that. <laughs> like that is un- <laughs> that is unmistakably that's undeniably, how. Yeah. yeah, that's undeniably like Marshawn Lynch wrote. That. Like he had, you know how like people get P- PR people to write their shit for them and shit like that. Not Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch wrote his own. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch wrote about it. Wrote his own press release. I'm about that action, boss, and that action's in Oakland. Yeah, man. They lost Latavius Murray to the Vikings, I believe. Latavius, Vikings, yes. Yeah. And I guess we can momentarily cover this. Adrian Peterson to the Saints is baffling. Now I'm only saying that because I spent a good. 10 minutes last the last recording talking about how the Patriots are going to sign Adrian Peterson and the greatness of Bill Belichick. Now that still stands to reason because Bill Belichick is still great. Now it makes me question why didn't they sign Adrian Peterson? Because Marshawn Lynch was still on the market. And they thought as if if a deal wasn't going to get done with the Raiders, Marshawn wanted to go to the Patriots. And then Peterson went to the Saints, I guess, because the money was there and he didn't want to wait around. He didn't get that much money, actually. Three million. I mean, how much has Adrian Peterson played over the last two years? He had that injured season two years ago, and last year he played like three games. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time to get to the main event, what Chris and I have been waiting for for like, frig, eight months. I have been waiting for this period of time since hashtag Fresh Nonsense Sports started months ago. And that is the NBA playoffs. And I love the NBA playoffs. If I'm a, such a fan of the NBA playoffs. It is, to me, the most fun playoffs of any of the major sports. Baseball is a snooze fest. NFL, to me, like, the knockout rounds and stuff like that, you get knocked out, but, like, it seems almost random sometimes what happens in football, even though the two best teams were in were in the Super Bowl this year. The year before that, the Denver Broncos won. So that's all I have to say about the NFL playoffs. Whereas the NBA playoffs, the seven-game series, the four seven-game series, it's like its own season. Except with, like, you could see night in and night out the intensity go up. Except for the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Every other team is playing within intensity, like, so much greater than the regular season. So, not only if you're a basketball lover, basketball becomes so much better in the NBA playoffs. The thing is, with, with basketball, a lot of the times, for stretches of years, it's mostly the same teams that make the, make the playoffs, you know. Give or take one or two that don't make it, or one or two that are new. 
But for the most part, there's a lot of rivalries. Like, look at this here, the Hawks and, and the Wizards. Their beef goes back to last year. You know, they... Uh, or two years ago. I, f- I forget when it was. Was that when Paul Pierce hit the shot and went, I said bank? <laughs> yeah. Was that against the Hawks? I don't, I'm not sure if it was against the Hawks, but... Oh, okay, never mind. You know, but, but, you know, you're playing the same team for seven games. Things get personal. Unless you're Cleveland or Golden State. Point. And we have, so I'm looking right now at the uh, NBA playoffs on ESPN.com, and you got Chicago and Boston 2-2. Two and two. You got right Cle- now, the game's Cle- going on. Cleveland, yeah, what's it, What's the score? Jono Se. Okay. <laughs> I know the Wizards, the Wizards beat the Hawks 103-99 to take the series 3-2 right now. Wizards beat the Hawks? Yeah. I want the Wizards to win that. I don't want the, the Hawks are a boring team. I mean, I'm starting to like John Wall and Bradley Beal on the strength of uh, Mar- Marcin Gortat. Yeah, Marcin. Is he Polish? Is that why you like him? Yes, um, sir. <laughs> Do you know that? For- he's, he's dominant, too. <laughs> There's a little bit of bias there. If you, no one knows, Chris is Polish as fuck. <laughs> nah, he's, he's nice. I mean, he's not, like, extraordinary, but he does his thing. He's a... He makes shots around the basket. He gets rebounds. He defends the rim well. So, shout out to Martin Gorta, probably the best post player in the in the NBA history. Uh, we can go through. I, I see us leaning towards the East, and I don't want to do that. Let's do what we plan to do in the beginning, and that is speak on the West. All right? So, we have four different series in the West, right? Two of them are over. Two of them are already over? Yeah. What 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 well I know Golden State. What, what was the other one? Rockets and Thunder. Rockets be um Oh that's right. Yeah, that's right. Which okay, can we speak on that one first? Can we talk about that series? Patrick Beverly's full of himself. Patrick Beverly's a little bit annoying, right? He's a little bit he annoying on play. Like he's a good player, but he's not good enough. See, this is where I become a hypocrite and an asshole. He played he, he played. Good, he right, plays good. He and played I, good defense uh, on Russ. Let's, that's that's let's why. That straight, but how much of it was you playing good defense, and how much of it was Russ was carrying a twelve-man roster the whole season and five games into the playoffs? Let's take a step back, Pat Beverly. Let's relax. The series I happen to focus on in on where I watch full games because I usually watch the condensed version on the NBA League Pass for every game. Because I don't have the time, and I work a lot, and I record a lot. I'm not making any excuses for that. But I do watch the condensed version. I, ha- I have seen these games. I honed in on OKC Thunder because I thought that was the most interesting. I thought I thought it would end 4-2. I thought Russ would sneak in a second game. I knew he'd sneak in at least one game. So I watched the first game, and I'm like, holy shit. Is Russ going to win the first game? But he just, by the third quarter, you could see that. You could see, yeah, that's he, the thing. And then you go, and then into game two and game three. It's like the same story all over again. And all of these games, if you look at the point totals, except for the first game. The first game, it seemed by the third quarter, it was over. I turned that game off during yeah. the third quarter. But following after that, you were like, you never felt OKC was completely out of a single game. No, they weren't. But the problem is they were always playing catch-up. It felt like Russ was putting it all... Steven Adams didn't show up to the first game. Steven Adams, I don't even know what, what happened to him that first game. Steven Adams looked like a block of wood. Enos Cantor can't defend, but is beautiful offensively. Okay. Can we merge Enos Cantor and Steven Adams through, like, scientific fusion and, like, get, like, the perfect big in the league? Or is that just uh, Anthony Davis or Boogie Cousins? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, that you know what a problem was too. What when Andre Robeson is your second option <laughs> yeah, on offense? There's a problem. And you know something? I don't know if you you probably didn't watch the Knicks at this time, but he reminded me of Jared Jeffries. I, re- Jeffries I remember little Jared Jeffries, the early 2010s. He was on the team. Dude, he couldn't make a layup. 
That's how bad Jerry Jeffries was. Roberson offensively has no game, but defensively he gives it his all. And that's what he that's the problem with OKC is that they have too many players who only play one side of the ball. Now that's the thing, yeah, they're not they're not they don't have uh, a skill set that's they don't have an expansive skill set. They don't they're not versatile. I mean you don't have yeah. it's basically Russ and a bunch of role players. You know what I mean? You can't do that where, like, you have this man who has godly gifts and is... What was that? Well, he had a quote where he, they were like, he had a triple-double in, like, the first half. And they asked him about it, and he was like, I don't give a fuck about the stat line. My team lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like At the post-game interview. And it was it, it just seemed very frustrating. I felt bad for him because you look... I'm looking at these totals, and yeah, they're like... 4.6 points, but when you watch the games, it seems that for the most part, Russ was keeping them in the game. It's just that when you have Andre Dude, Rose, Russ, I, I saw on um, ESPN stats and, uh, and info, they put up a stat where Russ played all but six minutes yesterday in the game. And in those six minutes, the Rockets outscored the Thunder 27-9. and well, I forgot which game it was, but there was a game where OKC was up, and someone on ESPN, and I'm sorry I can't cite properly, timed it where Russ was out for a total of a minute and 38 seconds. And in a minute um, and 38 seconds, OKC had managed to give up a 20-point lead. And to the, um, whoever said it on ESPN, to that reference, probably not on ESPN anymore. Why? You didn't hear about the firings that ESPN did? No. Well, I heard they that. Go, who did they, they go? A lot of people. Anyone? A lot of people. Who? Well, I got to see this now. Wait, hold on. Stop the podcast. I'm not stopping the podcast. But ESPN firings, a running list of ESPN layoffs. Wait, Deadspin. This is from Deadspin. Doug Glanville. Josh. I mean, it's someone you know. Doug Glanville is a baseball analyst. What are you talking about? I know who Doug Glanville yeah, is. Yeah, no one watches baseball. I do. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Dave, Tule- it's no one I recognize. Nope. No one in the... Oh, watch this side. What is Reese Waters? See? Reese Waters is funny. Danny Cannell. They let go of Danny Cannell? No, they did not. Danny... Order. Danny Cannell is after... Is after Dan Leviton or Ryan... Danny Cannell... Why would they let go Disney. But what the hell happened there? Danny Cannell? I don't know, I don't know what direction... Robin Lundberg? Yo, Robin Lundberg from used to be out with Ryan Rucco in New York? Dude, I think... Um, Jay Crawford I'm happy it, about. <laughs> Disney is um, the owner of ESPN now. Holy shit, so Ethan Strauss? What they're, doing, what they're doing is going very Hollywood with ESPN. Dude, they got rid of Ethan Strout. That was at one point the ESPN beat report, uh, the Golden State beat reporter. Yeah. Damn. Yo, I am flabbergasted. I'm sorry to take this. It's just that I listen to a lot of ESPN, and to hear that all these, like some of these names, oh, my God. It is a lot. Like the list is still going, bro. I'm still scanning this list. What did they just have, like, a line? I finally got to the end. Danny Cannell and Ethan Strauss are big, yo. Ethan Strauss, I used to listen to him all the time. Holy crap, Ethan Strauss used to be the Golden State Warriors beat reporter. He was doing great work for them. Skip Betty's jump ship before he got fired. Uh, okay, I don't know. This is not a podcast about ESPN. I'm just totally flabbergasted because I listen to a lot of ESPN radio and ESPN podcasts. And Danny Cannell being fired, I thought Danny Cannell was like going to be part of ESPN for a long time. He seemed mm-hmm. to be the college football face. He seemed to be, I don't know the reason for that. And Ethan Strauss was one of their brightest minds as far as basketball. I mean. ESPN is blessed with a lot of bright minds in basketball. They have Amin El Hassan. They have Tom Haberstraw. They have, oh my God, I'm like leaving out everyone. Everyone on the True Hoop TV podcast is a bright mind. Wow, that is, this is shocking. You just were breaking news. Anyway, let's get back to the series though. I want to talk a little bit about Houston as a team. 
Do you think Houston earned this? This is a fucking shitty sports, really sports radio question. Do you think Houston showed anything in the series? No. There was something missing from like OKC went out and went out four to one, but OKC showed me that Houston is not a perfect team, yo. And yeah, there were times where Houston overpowered OKC. Like the reason why I felt OKC was always playing catch up was I would watch the way they went down the court. And the way OKC goes down the court is Russ points to whoever inbounds the ball and goes, give me the ball. And then runs it down for the most part. You know what I mean? That's basically how they play. You know what I mean? Making no bones about it. But Houston just spreads out. And, like, they do the seven seconds or less. I think Clint Capella is really good, by the way. I did not know this. I mean, I knew this, but I didn't. You know, it's like you hear Solid. you hear about it. You see, Clint Capella is a good player, yo. And James Harden. Solid. James Harden is. James Harden with that bullshit moves he does with the fouls. I don't know how long, much longer that's going to work in the playoffs. But offensively, you could see the fear in the eyes of the defenders when James Harden has the ball. He does that fake move where he takes the ball and he looks like he's going to shoot the three. He's just in three-point range. And you it looks like he's going to chuck the ball into the stands and he forces the defense to foul him and he gets three shots. Yeah. But, his, his skill set is undeniable. I, but I don't know how much longer. And now, now is when what I... The thing is, when you look at the other side of the ball, Billy Donovan really had no answer schematically for that. That's the problem. Well, Roberson did some work defensively. You know what I mean? That's he did. You know, he played good defense. But I'm talking about they, the whole team. But that's what I mean. If, is that Houston? When, go ahead. I'm sorry. The next matchup is going to be either against the Spurs or the Grizzlies. And you look at a coach like even David Fisdale, because we know Pop is is godly in coaching. But even David Fisdale, he knows how to play the scheme. Take that for data. He knows how to sh- take that for data. You know what I'm saying? So when you when you start running into coaches that know it, like, I'm not saying Billy Donovan doesn't know what he's doing. He just didn't look like he had a plan prepared for what Houston was throwing at him. And once you start getting deeper and deeper into the rounds, that running gun is not going to work. And I keep saying that. Well, that running gun doesn't work because somebody's gonna figure out how to shut you down. It did work against Russ because because ultimately OKC is a one-dimensional team, which means their one dimension is Russ. I mean, it's a lot more complicated than that, but ultimately they rely on Russ. Houston was able to spread the floor, and Lou Will and uh, what's his name, Eric Gordon got shots in. You know what I mean? Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ryan. Yeah, Trevor Ariza, who, like, I didn't even think Trevor Ariza had anymore. I see him shooting three-pointers. I, I, I was like, that was wild. And then and then sometimes... Like, Trevor Ariza's been a solid player for a couple of years now. No, ever, he has been. Ever since... Yeah, ever since he le- ever since he left the Knicks. Ever since, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Was just if you want to, whoever leaves the Knicks has a rejuvenation. Look at Brandon Jennings; he's been balling for Washington. At when they cut Brandon Jennings, must be counting. Brandon Jennings must be laughing. He was like, "Yo, I was on the Knicks. I got cut by the Knicks, and now I might be in. They're probably most likely going to make it to the conference final. But we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But anyway." I'm interested to see. So let's go to the, what would be the next matchup. And that is San Antonio Memphis. That is a good matchup. Yo, David Fisdale for Coach of the Year. If not Eric Spolstra, David Fisdale. David Fisdale for President, first of all. Okay. Because. That for data. When, when he listed off those things, I, I even thought to myself, I'm like, that's not something. It's something I'm sure the fans notice in a game, but it's not something as a third party. Like, I have no interest in San Antonio Memphis. I don't really care who wins. I want San Antonio to win because I want to see Kawhi and play the Golden State. That's why I want to see San Antonio win. But I have really no rooting interest in that game. When you see, like, David Fisdale go, there's something going on here and no one wants to talk about it. And I'll provide you with the statistics as to the fact that there's something fishy going on here. Like, you're just like, that was an amazing 
that, that was just an amazing moment because it happens so often in basketball where you you complain about this all the time, so I feel like you should take over here. The officiating is so lopsided at times. Yeah. yeah and that's it's it's a huge pro like I don't I don't know what it is, I guess. But uh, is it home favoritism to stars, maybe home court advantage? I'm sure Tom Habister or like the NBA analytics guys do work on this, but it's just when he put it out for us like that, it just makes you wonder like what is happening behind the scenes for this to go on? Because it's so lops. Unless San Antonio is that, that's their game where they're tr- that is what they're trying to do. They're trying to minimize the fouls, which could be. I mean, if if any team is going to be that smart and any coach is going to set up his players in a way where that happens, it would be San Antonio Greg Popovich. Exactly. And the Grizzlies are one of the most – they get called for the most fouls in the league, I believe, actually. I think they're number one in in fouls called. And the Spurs are just a very disciplined team. Exactly. That's what – I think that's what I'm saying. I think – I understand David Fisdale's point and take that for data and, and what he provided. And I wish I had the actual data. And, uh, I wish I actually had copied that data so I could re- reiterate it to the audience. But the audience, if you're listening to this podcast, you, you've you seen that clip already. So you, you Google, take that for data, and you'll see it. There's like a remix. There's like a, there's like a Toon Loke remix. <laughs> but, uh... It go, I mean, I guess it goes to the genius of Greg Popovich, which is that he disciplines his team. He's going, not only does he have the players with the talent who are going to play better than your team, because Kawhi Leonard is the best player in that series, but he's going to he's going to make the opposition make the mistakes. And his team is not going to make the mistakes. So they're not going to unnecessarily foul. Where Grizzlies may be playing a little bit more sloppy. I'm not saying Fizdale is any less of a coach. I I don't think it's that, that they're playing sloppy. I think they're just more aggressive. Yeah, David, that's their style. True to Kawhi Leonard, and I was retweeting so many... So many NBA analysts. (laughs) Which which game was that? Was that the uh, OT game with Kawhi? Was that the OT game where... uh, so, like Bomani Jones and Amin El Hassan kept commenting on Kawhi Leonard uh, breaking the sweat. Like <laughs> they're like Kawhi Leonard looks yeah. like he's about to explode. Kawhi, yeah. <laughs> that, that, it was the overtime game where I saw a little bit of it, the end of it. I see. I saw a condensed version, and I was like, "Yo, Kawhi Leonard has emotions. What is this?" Yo, the series is three and two, and now it is. Excuse me. Yeah, the uh, series yeah, is that, that, series yesterday. Is, they, the um, it went three two. Yeah, and uh, San Antonio smacked Memphis. And if the game goes to seven games on San Antonio's home floor, I doubt Memphis is going to win. But for Memphis to be in a position where they're three and two, we didn't, no one thought this was going to be a series. This is a series. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it's a hard fought series, and credit to David Fisdale and and the Grizzlies because after that game two uh, press conference where he's yelling no data, they responded. His team won two in a row. I, I they so, protected their home floor. They protected the grindhouse. Okay, because even if like I think Zach Randolph is still playing off the bench. Yeah, yeah. So who's who? Who are the starters? So it's Mike Conley. Playing the point. My con- I think Tony Allen's back. If Tony, Tony Allen. Allen. Tony Allen. Uh, Marcus Saul. Um, Jermichael Green. And... Yeah, that's right. I remember Jermichael Green now. Okay. That's because I'm, I'm more apt <laughs> to name you like Spurs than I am Grizzlies. Ultimately, I think it's going to be San Antonio-Houston. And I think San Antonio... I'm interested to see San Antonio-Houston more than I am interested to see Memphis-Houston. But I want to pull up um, the record of Pop versus D'Antoni in the playoffs. Wait, I, I can try. I, can, I want to see that. I can Google that. You stall with some hot takes. Stall with some hot takes. Yes. Um, that's fresh cakes. Great, dude. The, the, the yo, what about Odell Beckham on a boat, though? <laughs> Brandon Marsh is there to stop that from happening. 
Oh, but Josh Norman was on the Dan Levitard show this week, and they asked him point blank, would you be on, what is the, oh, oh come on. I can't, I, no, no, it's just, where's the beef? I don't, I don't see, I don't see anything here. They, they don't have that stat? It's not, not, not readily available like that, you know what I mean? Uh, it's gonna eventually be pulled up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but like, I imagine Mike D'Antoni doesn't fare well against where Popovich. I imagine D'Antoni's style is so predicated on lack of discipline. I feel like, and I, f- and Greg Popovich being the opposite of that. I just I see the Spurs wiping them off the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to talk about there. So Spurs Houston. Uh, so next week, I guess. When do we? By the way, when does the first round end? Because it feels like we've already been two weeks in the first round. I think this weekend, actually. This weekend. So next. If week- if the games go to game seven, I think this weekend is where where all of them will end. So next week, maybe uh, I don't know why. Next week, maybe we record later in the week so that we do uh, we have a couple of things to talk about instead of previewing because I hate previewing shit. But. Yeah. I guess Spurs Houston is what's going to happen there, but yo, e for effort for to the Memphis Grizzlies who have have very little going for them and have gone very they're, far. They're always, I mean, for the past six, seven, eight years they've been in it. But it's it's like it's coming apart. Like Zach Randolph is getting older. Yeah, they get, yeah man. They, you know, and they, especially the the two big guys, Gasol and Randolph. You know, they're big bodies. Yeah, exactly. Mark Gasol Mark constantly, not constantly. I don't want to say, it, but does get injured with big men like yeah, that. Yeah, this was his first um, season where he didn't have like a major injury. Yeah, and he was sidelined for a few games here and there. I think. There was a stretch where he was out for like four or five games, but that you know, compared to you know, he's been out for like twenty games in one year, thirty, and it, again, that's another sign you gotta tip your hat to the Grizzlies because one guy goes down and another guy picks up the slack. I would like to point out that David Fisdale comes from the Miami Heat organization. He was one of Eric Spolster's assistant coaches. Uh, he was many years looked over as a coach, and the Miami Heat were very happy for him when he got this job. So David Fisdale comes from, and Eric Spolster to me is a great coach, is a good coach in this yeah. league, overlooked because the talent he had because he had the big three but Eric Spolster snuck a team that was at one point had a worse record than the Brooklyn Nets almost snuck them into the playoffs last minute yeah if Indiana I think if Atlanta had won or Indiana had lost something like that I forget the last day yeah Miami was going into the um, if it doesn't matter I believe if Indiana lost if if one of those teams lost I mean the Bulls and Who's, who's the seventh seed in the East? The Bulls and the Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers. If one of those te- two teams lost, then Miami would have snuck in because they won their last game. So and that would have been a scary team to face. I think it would have been because I think they were very good. I was watching them towards, although they like kind of faltered towards the end of the season, they lost some stupid games against Orlando and like the Knicks. I, because I listen to the Dan Lebertard show constantly, I kind of follow Miami a little more than I should, but they're Pat worth Riley following. Told, told the Heat to lose against the Knicks just because Pat Riley wanted to give a big middle finger to the Knicks organization. By the way, I want, I want to speak in which, <laughs> why? What is that? Because Pat know. Riley was, was the head coach of the Knicks for the title run, actually. I want to say in a future episode of Hashtag Fresh Nonsense Sports, we were going to have a discussion, Chris and I, on this article that, I forget his name, there's a big article coming out on ESPN.com on Pat Riley. And about Pat Riley, the man. Have you heard about this? Yes, I did, actually. I, I forget the, the writer's name, but I know his last name is Wright. I actually listened to an interview with him, and it's a very like in-depth look of Pat Riley, the man. And this is a man who is an executive. His, his career isn't coming to an end by any means. He's still searching for another champion. He's hungry. Yeah, and... He's re- this is the third time he's rebuilding. I think he's won a championship as a coach with, with Wayne. 
He's won as an executive twice with the super team. And now he's he's rebuilding. And now again. he's rebuilding and he's looking to he's still look he wants to end it on a championship, which is all luck to him. But and we're gonna up and when the playoffs get to when when we get on in the playoffs, uh, I think you and I should cover that article and talk a little bit about the details of the article because there's some interesting stuff about Pat Riley the man, and I would like to talk about interesting people. And I think we should start doing that. We should start covering like interesting people in sports. Like Mark, I'm just gonna talk about Pat Riley's days as a, as a Nick coach, and that's it. But yeah, and you could bring some insight into that because that is something I, do, I have no recollection of. Do you have I any? Mean, that was uh, no, but I, I saw highlights, and you know, all right, I'm a sports fanatic, so I looked into the history of how Pat. You know, he was a great coach. Okay. No, he is, and that's we're going to talk about him. This article is coming out on ESPN the magazine. I'm going to get the physical copy of the magazine. You'll, I'll probably send you the link because they said they also put the link online. I'll send you the link online, and uh, we're going to discuss the article later in the playoffs when there's only like a couple of teams left and there's more room on the podcast. Right now, we need to get to a series that went really quick for many reasons. Uh, no one expected this to go any other way than it did that series is the golden state warriors versus the portland trailblazers is there anything really to speak on in this series did stella got a groove back buddy i at did kd kd missed a couple of the games didn't he kd played um game one and played um 20 minutes in game four now the portland trailblazers if you know them they they're not. The, the, they're not the greatest their team. Their best player is, was out too. David Nurkic, Nurkic was. If they had Nurkic, you think Nurkic, Nurkic is better than Lillard? Third best player. Their third best player. I think he said their best player. I was like, third, third. I was like, mad disrespect to Dame Dollar Dash. Dame's from Oakland. I gotta show love to Oakland right now. But Damian Lillard, is a, next season Portland's going to be interesting. That team is going to be interesting. They lost a, a good piece. CJ McCollum, Nurkic, Damian Lillard, they're looking towards the future. I mean, obviously Golden State is overpowering. When you can beat a team 119-113 and not have... Kevin Durant is, for all intents and purposes, I'll say he's their best player. I, I, I don't know what you have to say about that. Do you want Do you want to do that for five minutes? Who is the best player on the Warriors? <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> oh god this is a question it's it's not it it's actually not i know i know chris is a crazy person to all of you listening but it's not i don't find him crazy when he says that because i truly believe that you can take kevin durant off in a night you could take steph curry off in a night but if you took draymond off in a night that's why the Warriors lost last year in the finals. Steph Curry was obviously injured, but if Draymond doesn't get ejected, it doesn't matter. They don't get to that last game. And, uh, and not ejected, um, suspended. Suspended. Yeah, because in Game 7, too, Draymond had like 30-something points. Draymond in many... Carried, Draymond, that's the thing, Draymond... He steps into any role that they need. Whatever they're lacking, that's what he'll give them. You know what I'm saying? Because he could do it on... He's one of the most skilled players in the NBA because he could do it on, on any level. You know what I'm saying? He could get you to block. He could get you to steal. He could get you to three. He could get you to rebound. He could get you to assist. What, Literally so versatile and so... Could defend one through five and so... Seems so... He's like LeBron without without the athleticism. Yeah, that's, 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 like, uh, you know, not not taking away from Dre's athleticism, but I mean LeBron's a freak Le, of nature. Le, 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 yeah, He's LeBron. just like LeBron. LeBron. We'll talk about LeBron when we talk about the East because I do want to talk about LeBron. <laughs> that 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 man is crazy. But Draymond, like, I want to. I do uh, uphold Chris's argument that. Their, Draymond is low-key the best player on the Warriors because I think the Warriors will admit that Draymond is like literally the the like he does all the little things that the Durants and the and the Curries and the Thompson and Clay and Clays don't need to do so that they can just do their thing and Dr- exactly. Draymond does the garbage 
He doesn't do garbage. That's not what I meant. But like he does all the little things, and it's just it's just he is truly what makes the Warriors. He is the right. identity of the Warriors. And when you have everyone coming out and saying Draymond's the heart and soul of that team, there's a reason because Draymond. I think ja- on a smaller aspect, why I think Javale McGee is has been playing so well. Draymond. You think Draymond is not in his ear like, dude, look how big you are. Stay by the basket. I'll just throw you the ball. Catch it, dunk it. Move. That's it. And JaVale's been doing that. Rebounds, blocks. Like half his points come off. No, not even half. 90% of his points come from alley-oops. You know what I'm saying? Jay just has that. what, What he does on the court is special. But I think what he does off the court for... Your mentality is is even better than that yep. because he's just that voice. Like you have to respect him, and he, you know he's a goofball. I like to, I like his personality, but like when it comes down to it, dude's just you know he's he he's he's about that action. I want to say one thing, which is that a testament to the Warriors is that Javale McGee is a player in this series. Was a player in this series. The series is over. Javale McGee was a key piece of the series. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sure the inside the NBA team, I don't know. I know we're the little podcast that could and we're no big deal. But just to take shots at Shaq and Barkley for uh, the Shaq and a fool, always on JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee was key in the Warriors Blazers series. Yeah. Did they show those highlights? I'm sure they did, but I'm saying I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did, but I'm uh, you know yeah. what I mean. But they had to swallow their pride a little bit there because Jav- now, of course, he's. Up- I, th- I think it was it was more Shaq and not Charles. Charles, no, was, yeah, you know, Charles stood away from it. Yeah, it, it, it was Shaq, and Shaq the fool is funny, but they were overboarding on Javale, which you know Shaq goes too hard on the bigs. Okay, what Shaq doesn't realize is that they don't make any more Shaquille O'Neal's. He thinks that everyone at he feels he thinks that everyone that like is near his height should be Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, the game ain't the same anymore. The game not not only is the game ain't the same, but not every player is made the same. Not every player wants to be Shaquille O'Neal just because you're you're. I mean, I'm sure. Every, no, let me take that back. I'm sure every big wants to be Shaq. Every big, if they could, like, if you could have Shaq's ability and Shaq's talent, they would take it in a second. But, like, he he sometimes goes way too hard. Just way yeah. too hard. And good for JaVale, good on JaVale McGee, because if he does nothing else in his career, at least he was key in the first round series, which I'm going to come out and say the Golden State Warriors, to me, seem like a lock to win this championship. Yeah. I love it when you take those deep right breaths. I mean, right now, I mean, it's... It's not a question. When you but be- they've been playing the be- their best basketball in the past three weeks, and in those three weeks, Kevin Durant wasn't wasn't playing. So I mean, barring an injury to a major player, including Kevin Durant, I don't even know if Kevin Durant is injured for the finals. Does Steph Clay and Dre enough still? We're go- we're under the assumption that Cleveland ultimately it's going to be a three peat, right? As far as I mean, like it's going to be Cleveland, Golden State. You, I don't want to get into the East right now, but all right, we're, no, 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 don't get into the East right now. Exactly. So to me, I'm just going to say we're and we're going to get past this. We're going to get past this. There's not much. We spoke a lot on this. Portland's looking to the future. They lost a the player. Portland next year is going to be something to keep an eye on. I'm actually looking forward to that because I feel like Damian Lillard has a lot of talent and deserves a good team. And I don't think... Hey, sports writers, send him to the All-Star game for once. God damn it. Well, that's because there's 20 great point guards in the league. All right, this is a visual medium, but Chris is just, like, floating his head in space. and. <laughs> so Damien's not in that conversation? Damien is in that conversation, but the problem is when you have Russ and you have Curry in the same conference... Yeah, Mike Conley. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't sleep on Mike. Don't sleep on Mike Conley. But, but Damian Lillard is better than Mike Conley. All right, we move on. Houston, the final uh, series. I want. I want. I want to have a talk uh, about this series, like a uh, like a long in depth talk. There's nothing to talk about. It's I saw Joe, and that's it. 
I see. Everybody that leaves the New York team all of a sudden starts balling. Joe Johnson has always had that, even since the Hawks. I know, but I'm saying. Really? Was the, on the Nets, too, he was balling because he was in the playoffs on the Nets. I got to give him that, too. But Joe Johnson offensively has, a, has ability. Joe Johnson feels weird. I'm saying Joe Johnson right, right? Joe Johnson? I'm not yeah. doing one of my stupids again? All right, good. <laughs> For some reason, it sounded wrong coming out of my mouth. I, I, I don't know. To, the man is like, what, like 37? How old is Joe Johnson? He's got to be 34. Joe Johnson, NBA. He's up there in age. I mean, they got him on like uh, Joe Johnson, 35 years old. Uh, wow. That was right on the money. I mean, I don't know what his contract is like, but I remember going, wow, that's, that's a good pickup for Utah for its bench. And now Joe Johnson is like a veteran. A veteran, which which they needed. Rudy Gobert is an alien. That's not a person, uh, and, I, and I don't want to offend anybody. But Rudy Gobert, come on, man. Do you do you look at Rudy Gobert? Like 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 that dude is his measurements aren't human like. You know he has to bend his his arms at the elbow so his his arms don't drag on the floor. Yeah. That's what it seems. <laughs> That's literally what it appears like, yeah. and we don't mean to comp- we don't mean to be offensive, but it's like when you see Rudy Gobert defend somebody, it's like his hands are all up. He his body can be on one side of the court, and he could defend the other side of the court because <laughs> his reach is insane. His limbs are otherworldly. It isn't. Yeah. It is truly insane, and that that is a great advantage for an. Ailing Clippers team, which I think we can have a long discussion about the Clippers. I think we need to have a talk about the Clippers. Blow it up. Blake Griffin is injured, right? Blake Griffin's out permanent for the rest of the rest of the season, right? If somehow, over. right now it's three two Jazz. Tomorrow night, I think the Jazz lock it up. Chris Paul's a free agent. Blake's a free agent. Besides the fact that there is the possibility, uh, uh, Chris is a free agent, right? Paul's a free agent, CP3. How many times am I going to say his name through different ways? But at this point, who wants Blake Griffin? I mean, the Knicks will take him. Fuck, we're, the Knicks are going to take Blake Griffin. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's who. Who would take Blake Griffin? I mean, a lot of teams would take Griffin, but. <laughs> wait, wait, a lot of teams would take who? Br- Br- Briffin? Briffin. Briffin? <laughs> I couldn't let that slide. I couldn't let that slide. I, With the amount of mistakes I make, I shouldn't make fun of you. But anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm going to point out everyone you Yeah, know. please do. Please do. Please do. I encourage. I encourage. Stop, uh, uh, I, um, he's, this year, he, he seemed like a different player, too, though. Like, he had career highs and assists. He's took over games. He's obviously evolving. I will, I will give you that. No, Blake Griffin is evolving, and I, I love Blake Griffin, the player. And if I was a Knicks fan, I would want him on the Knicks because him and Porzingis together. If you put Porzingis at the five, although that, that's fucked, they're not going to do that because they have Joakim Noah. Is Joakim Noah already out for next season? He's out for the next five years. I just, I can't. We're going to do, uh, by the way, we're going to sneak in uh, a Knicks pod with Keith somewhere in these coming weeks. Uh, a wrap-up on the season. A look, we're basically going to have a pod where Chris and Keith are allowed. <laughs> Chris and Keith uh, air their grievances. <laughs> I have no grievances anymore. It, well, what we're going to do is we're going to set it up as a therapy session where I'll be Dr. Dimitri for uh, for a podcast and you just talk about like how the Knicks abuse you and how they treat you wrong. It's comedy now. It really is. It is It is comedy. And I am starting a movement called Hashtag James Dolan Con. Okay? James Dolan is always conning you. They have extended Phil Jackson's contract or picked up his option, whatever whatever they had. Yeah, the option. Why? What has he done? You have a bunch of... Your, and, oh, I'm doing this. I'm getting into the Knicks. You know why I'm getting into the Knicks? Because they're dysfunctional. Stuck in, you know what I mean? They're stuck in the... You know what? They're stuck in the 
Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. You, the Knicks. You know what other organization seems to be falling into dysfunction? The LA Clippers. Because if I were Chris Paul, if I were Chris Paul, do I want to stay in LA? Does it seem like this? Now you think about this scenario the Clippers get mellow. What do you do then? And Dwayne Wade. What do you do then? By the way, Dwayne Wade is a free agent. Well, Dwayne Wade has a player option. The, uh, the the banana boat team can still happen. The banana boat team is is most likely this year. Now, mine is LeBron, I think. But Chris Paul, Melo, and Dwayne Wade in L.A.? Gabrielle Union, you think she says no to that? Gets her ass out of cold-ass Chicago? She's probably still in Miami. Yeah, you, you think Gabrielle Union never left Miami? <laughs> She's like, you can go, honey. I'll be here. I'll watch you on the team. I got the, you got the NBA League Pass. I'll watch you on that. <laughs> yeah. I only watch the national games on TNT. <laughs> we say that as Chicago is actually doing rather well in the playoffs. So I shouldn't slander Dwayne Wade's name. But first of all, if you're Clippers management, well, Clippers management is Doc Rivers. If you're if you're Steve Ballmer, why are you keeping on Doc Rivers when he is when he has time and time again mortgaged your future to hold together a team that obviously can't seem to keep it together? Okay, DeAndre Jordan has a monster contract, which DeAndre Jordan is a, is a really good NBA big. He is not the best. Give me maybe he's number five. Boogie, In the league. Anthony Davis, Marcus Sol. I'm thinking about NBA bigs. Lamarcus Aldridge and Draymond. Lamarcus and Lamarcus Aldridge. Okay, all right. All right. You know better than I. You know better than I. You know, I am not, I, I do not pretend to be a connoisseur of, no. I just, I don't think of LaMarcus Aldridge as that great of a, as that great of a talent. I was confused when, he, in his free agency, when like teams are vying for him. When he was in Portland, he was dominant. And he's still doing his thing in San Antonio. Nobody speaks on the Spurs players. That's why. All right. Uh, maybe that's maybe maybe I have a bias because I, I I get a lot. I don't get a lot. I listen to the media way too much when it comes to uh, the NBA because I intake a lot of NBA media. That is, I don't listen to people on football. I don't listen to people on baseball. I take that for face value. There's a moth right here. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just panicked because a moth flew by me. Uh. <laughs> But do you want to sign Blake to a max contract when you know that that for the last few seasons, every time he's gotten injured in one way or another? Now, there was that one injury where he he punched somebody. But he also pulled his hamstring that season. Which Do you want a player where you know every year he is going to be out from anywhere from 15 to 25 games? The thing is... When you're doing that, it has to be the perfect fit for both sides. You're not just going to sign Blake Griffin to, like, he's not going to the Magic, and the Magic aren't going to sign him because you got to have a, a plan in place. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sign you. We're going to get this guy. We're going to get this guy. We're going to start building the pieces because what we always talk about, managing a, a winning team takes effort. It takes multiple signings. It takes the coach to be involved. It, it takes the players to be involved. You know what I'm saying? So that the Blake will be sought after. It's just, it has to be the right fit. It has to be a perfect fit for Blake. You know what I'm saying? Also, because I, I, I think it's more lucrative for him to stay in LA. So if they want him, I'm, I'm sure Doc Rivers is not as going to want him because it's an ass. You don't let Blake Griffin walk. So I'm sure Doc Rivers yeah. is going to be like, take the max. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, but I'm saying for other teams, like, you can't let Blake Griffin walk, 
but for other teams, do you show interest in? Like, does Miami? Miami has made Dion Waiters. By the way, did you see Dion Waiters' article? What he said about the, KD? In the Players' Tribune. But did you see in the headline for the article? Wait, I just want, yeah. I just want to read the headline to the audience. Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters. Players. Tribune. I'm just going to read you the headline. The NBA is lucky I'm home doing damn articles. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. But Deion Waiters was nice this season. Good for him. He, he needed this season. They seem to have a player in James Johnson. Okay. If I were... Goran looks comfortable. Yeah, Goran Dragic. If, if I were Miami, I would take an interest in Blake Griffin because... Look at all these players they can take in rehab. And it seems to be in Miami they have some sort of regiment there that Deion Waiters has talked about. Talks about. I refer you to Deion Waiters' Players' Tribune article in which he talks about the Miami Heat's uh, devotion to conditioning and nutrition. And that helps you uh, physically. And if Blake Griffin is a player who finds himself constantly ailing, he might want literally a change of scenery it's miami it's not like he's trading for worse worse weather okay mm-hmm. and if you have this team that supposedly has the magical formula to keep you fit you know what i mean does that make you say maybe i'll try this somewhere else because i don't think it's working i don't i don't think the clippers as they are formed now every year i say to myself the clippers are going to do well this year i in the beginning of the season I wish we had hashtag fresh down since sports, but I was texting Chris and I was like, yo, I think the Clippers got it this season and the Clippers were doing well in the beginning of the season. If no one remembers the Clippers were at like a, a crazy pace to win games in the beginning of the season because they were playing this gr- crazy defense over time. It kind of just like they, they kind of faltered and no one, everyone stopped paying attention to them and but they were still playing nice, but now they've lost Blake Griffin, and now and now there's only questions surrounding the Clippers. I think it was um, Chris Paul got injured first, or Blake got injured first, because both of them were out at, at points of the season too. What are you drinking, ginger ale? I thought that was Mountain Dew. I'm like, what are you thirteen? It is Mountain Dew. Oh my god! Ah, sponsored by. No, 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 no. Spokesperson is Russell Westbrook, so. Oh, God. Don't put that in your body. I mean, um, this is an unsponsorship from Mountain Dew. Don't put Mountain Dew in your body. If you Treat your body like a temple. Don't put Mountain Dew in it. I treat, I treat myself like a temple. I've, I se- put, I've seen the kind of crap you put in your body. I, I intake what I enjoy because we're all going to die one day anyway and why why not enjoy it all right why you can so we need to wrap up here in the coming moments Uh, we've covered the west series but i want to leave off with if i'm steve ballmer do i start thinking about life after doc rivers doc rivers as an executive has he really proved himself as an executive okay you have blake griffin you have chris paul you have deandre jordan you managed to get DeAndre Jordan back, which, I mean, they they went to, they went up in his crib when DeAndre Jordan tried to move to the they went to the extreme, yeah. So I mean, I guess that, but like, name me someone on the Clippers bench that isn't Paul Pierce, Jamal Crawford. All right, who's been on the Clippers bench? <laughs> but Austin Rivers. I mean, come on, the Austin Rivers. Are we really doing this with Austin Rivers? Austin Rivers, he could play. Let's not. Let, we could do the bring your son to work jokes all day. No, 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 no. I'm not even doing that. I'm not even doing it. I'm not going to malign him just because he's playing for uh, his – he's coached by his father. But I'm saying ultimately that team needs more. Now, I like J.J. Redick. I, that's why I'm saying when the Clippers on paper should be playing against the Warriors in seven-game series. But for some reason, it's not working out. Like, when you say it in your head, think about it. Say it out loud. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, J.J. Redick. I don't even know who... Luke Oh, yeah. Luke Mahabute, who's actually defensively good. Okay. 
that should be a team that you can play against the Warriors in a seven-game series, and yet they may not even get out of the first round. So at what point does Steve Ballmer say, listen, I think I need to move on from this? And it's not like he can fire Doc Rivers, the executive, and not the coach. Unless Doc Rivers secedes power. Unless Doc Rivers says, listen, I need to just focus on coaching, and I need to, and please, let's let's together find an executive who can sort of mix and match players here that'll get us so that we can get to, so that we can get to seven game series with the Warriors. You know what I mean? Because if you say it in your head that starting five is great. JJ Redick is a good player. He is. I he's, think a J- solid, he's a solid all around player. I think I think JJ to the league um the like a Kyle Culver type, you know Stan Van Gundy told him set shooter, but he's he's become a pretty, you know, he plays pretty good defense. Same Van Gundy. He could, he could drive to the hoop, drive to the hoop now. You know, he's he's developed that as a player. Can't hate on JJ. I really don't know what to say. Look, there's so many questions around the Clippers. It's and a conundrum, honestly. It, it is a conundrum because I was talking yesterday. My bad for cutting you off. Yesterday after the game, me and my boys were talking about it, and um, we were saying because. If you remember, when first actually started going out, and I got into basketball, it was um, the Clippers and Warriors in the playoffs in the first round, I believe. And the Clippers and won that series. Yeah, in seven games, I, I believe, if I, or seven or six, I, I can't remember exactly. Mark Jackson coach. But that was a time where it was the Clippers that were were said, "Oh, in a year or two, they're gonna they're gonna." They have a chance to win the title. Lo and behold, next year, the Warriors just leapfrogged them into a championship. Like, out of nowhere. To a point where I think the Warriors have have beat them 12 straight games or something ridiculous like that. Well, and the, the point differential has been plus 20 in those games. So then we must ask ourselves, do those does that roster ma- match like mix and match as it should? Or are the Clippers kind of fooling themselves into saying this happened? I think at one point it did, at its peak it did, but now I think it's just being forced. I think that they they're forcing each other to to stay together because they're comfortable like they I I truly believe that they're like really good friends off the court. And they're just forcing that team to stay together at this point. They're like, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out together. We're going to go out guns blazing. Well, on Friday at 10.30 o'clock p.m., the Clippers play Utah. If Utah wins that game, we're going to come back next week and we're gonna, and there's going to be a lot of questions on the table. I kind of be answered until the so actually we're going to start that conversation because we'll we'll be talking about round two we're not going to spend time we'll talk about it in the summer but we're yeah it's you know there's a lot of there's a lot there'll be a lot of questions surrounding a lot of teams that have exited the playoffs and those won't be hot button topics until like the middle of the summer okay like after the finals. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll get we'll, we'll get to the Clippers then. I just I wanted to pose those questions in advance. Shout out to Utah for its great play. Shout out to Joe Johnson, Rudy oh, Gobert, Gordon Hayward, the first player series. Gordon Hayward, future Boston Celtic. Uh, <laughs> I believe he'll stay. You're gonna think. I mean, I think he'll cr- stay. contractually, money wise, it makes no sense for a player to fucking leave. I mean, at this, it depends on. The team's finances at this point because you want to secure yourself financially for the future, especially with the new CBA contracts. But also you want to leave money for the team to build something around you as well. Okay. I'm going to leave it off on that. We have covered the Western Conference first round. You will see an episode probably uh this will be released Thursday, hopefully. You will see an episode Friday. Chris and I are just doing, we're not. We're just putting them out this week because we want to just get them out there. Uh, this is our Western Conference episode. Tomorrow we will be releasing our Eastern Conference episode. Chris, do you have anything to plug? 
Uh, follow me on Twitter at Compton Ko. That's C O M P T O N K A Y O H. Um, and you already know how to find me on Facebook. <laughs> Chris, I'll t- I tag Chris all the time on Facebook, so if you can find them through there. Chris is a great Twitter follow, by the way. He's hilarious. He ma- he makes me he brings joy to me, and I retweet him so many times. I retweet him just because he just brings his passion for the for the games is on a level that I don't have. But beyond that, please subscribe to the hashtag Fresh Nonsense Sports Feed on iTunes, Stitcher. Tune in, follow us on SoundCloud, and subscribe to us on Google Play. Please also subscribe to the Meechcast feed on all those platforms. Please also subscribe to the If You're Hearing This, It's Too Late, which is my other podcast with my co-host Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. That's more of like a pop culture talk show kind of show. But hashtag Fresh Downstairs Sports took a break, but we come back strong with two episodes this week on the NBA. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so through either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. My tw- you can like the page on Facebook, Meechcast, that is M-E-E-C-H-C-A-S-T. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Meechcast, that is M-E-E-C-H-C-A-S-T. Chris is laughing at me because I keep spelling everything. But ultimately, if you ever want us to answer any specific basketball questions, live questions, if you ever want to, you know, give us any input as to how we're doing, you can email us at freshnonsensesports at gmail.com. I am not going to spell that. Freshnonsensesports at gmail.com. If you can't spell that, just look it up in the dictionary. It's there. Fresh Nonsense Sports. Uh, please leave a review, by the way, on all of those platforms, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Good reviews get us more visible, and we would like to see good reviews, so please leave the good reviews. You can email us the bad reviews. Until next time, I am Dimitri. I'm Beast Mode. And we just brought you the fresh nonsense. Save it.